Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 137, episode 3 of The Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say, officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck yeah. Fox News, fuck yeah. Rush Limbaugh, and fuck yeah. Buck Sexton. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Got to uh, pull up that AKA. What do I do with that AKA, guys? A-cab, A-cabra. Don't let them reach out and grab you. A-cab, A-cabra. Those bastards are gonna stab you. That is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi, man. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always... By my co-host, or as for the past couple days, by my co-host, Jamie Loftus! A.K.A. Substitute Teacher Jamie, A.K.A. My Babu Frick t-shirt came in the mail after two months this morning. Oh, hell yeah. All right. What, what is your Babu Frick t-shirt? Oh, is that what you're wearing it's right simply now? simply just the only Babu Frick t-shirt on the market. It's really hard <laughs> to find. Is that from the TV show? No, I no. It's just a character that's in like two scenes in the Rise of Skywalker. It was the only oh. two scenes that I truly, profoundly enjoyed. Uh, but I think Baby Yoda just kind of ended up uh, casting a shadow over Babu Frick, and you know we're we're a small but but you know powerful community, and we we finally got a shirt from HotTopic.com, no less. Hell yeah. They they make my favorite shirts. Uh, are you are you a Wars head, Jamie? No, no, I don't. I don't know that much about the Star Wars. Uh, I, I hear that there's been several Star Wars. I take people's word for it. I just, uh, you know, I get. I, I I I also didn't enjoy the Rise of Skywalker, but I like this little character, and I never. And, and now, uh, as a penance, I get 500 emails a day from HotTopic.com. So. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Keep me posted yeah. on any uh, good deals that come across your desk. Uh, I'm always oh, the deals in the are plentiful. <laughs> always in the market for some lukewarm to hot topics. Well, we are thrilled to be joined <laughs> in our third seat by one of the very faces on Mount Zeitmore. She is the hilarious. She is the talented. She is the scam goddess, Lacey Mosley. Hey. What's going on? How y'all doing? Good. It's good to I feel like my you. voice sounds different because I've been shouting a lot. I I, I yeah. know how to do it from the diaphragm, but it still feels like it's a little hoarse. Uh, I was shouting a lot at protests to the point mm. where people would come over with Ricolas and water and tea. Wow. Stuff. That's <laughs> like, Here so you go. nice. Oh, I uh, wish. I guess we're we're all adapting to becoming better protesters. We gotta have some more Ricola people on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I've also <laughs> talked to uh, people, and I talked about this on Twitter jokingly. But you know, uh, Black Lives Matter and a lot of people who have been protesting have been on these streets. You know, every single Wednesday, many, many, you know, for many years. But mm -hmm. it's fun and interesting to see so many new, like, non POC and, and white faces at these protests. Like, so, most of the time, outnumbering the black and brown people simply because of the proportions of the city. And you get new fun things that come with that, like no rhythm, no more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw this tweet. 
Uh, and you know, there's certain chants that people always say, like say her name and, you know, uh, the, the Black Lives Matter chants. But it's fun because if all the Black Lives Matter people who have been protesting start to get too congealed or if we're if we're too spread out because there's thousands of people, then white people have to lead the protest chants. And boy, have I been hearing some hilarious white people protest <laughs> chants. Um, my favorite right now is, what's her name? Brianna Taylor. <laughs> like, does, like, does this guy just not know her name? <laughs> what's, her, what's her name what's again? Her oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I could not be more proud of these white people out here just trying the best they can, clapping on the one and the three uh, for justice, for justice. <laughs> I've been enjoying uh, people who, I mean, it's. I don't have the con- the the confidence in any situation to start a chant on my own. I just don't. I don't possess that. Con- like I can't do it. But I do admire someone who starts a chant and then bails in the middle of it, and everyone around them is just like, "What do we do? Like, what were they going to say?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait, bails mid in the middle of starting Mid-ch- the sentence. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like if I've been in an area of like a protest crowd that like is get like has just been quieter that like yeah. then someone will start. But there was a time I think it was like last Thursday or Friday where someone was like, "What's this?" and then just like bailed in the middle, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh no, what do we do?" Oh, and no. <laughs> just. Do we finish it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does this so person like- need support? What is the proper amount number of like times that you shout something without anyone joining you before you're like, okay, that's Ooh. that's not happening. I can answer this because it recently happened during the Hollywood protest. That's another thing is like some people just don't understand protesting. So like when people do call and response, they don't get like the reason we do that is so when people are walking by or if they're listening, they know why we're protesting and they know what we want. But some people don't know. And so they're kind of just at, you know, angry black Coachella. And (laughs) (laughs) I would say say like three times. I give them three times to be like, hey, guys, this is what you should do. And it's only happened once at the Hollywood protest when it was just, oh, it was so lit out there. And I was like, you know what? I understand. Y'all y'all have y'all signs. Turn up. <laughs> just glad you're here. Drone shots are going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, that YG video is going to be great. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, Lacey, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. We are going to talk about uh, this radical idea of police may require licensing going forward, which is another one of these, like, like the eight that can't wait, like one of those ideas where it's like, wait, what? That's not the official policy already? We'll talk about uh, Camden, New Jersey briefly. Uh, they are a place that uh, abolished their police, uh, disbanded their police department uh, a few years back and how that worked. We'll talk about how the mainstream media is covering the uh, protests right now, uh, how Trump is responding to uh, the protests, and uh, where we are with coronavirus. Uh, All of that, plenty more. But first, Lacey, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? 
Um, so my search history right now, it's, I feel like in the current climate, I'm trying to keep a balance of like, yes, I'm feeding people constant information and I'm receiving and learning as much as possible, but also just like some dumb shit so that my brain just doesn't fall apart. And Mm -hmm. this is one of those things that is still rooted in activism, but dumb shit. Um, I recently... Uh, got caught wave of like the company Dawes Kill and you know they were doing some very inappropriate things when it comes to Black Lives Matter and then also people were like this isn't the first time like they've been doing this so they issued an apology and somebody tweeted or Helen tweeted shout out to Helen she tweeted I I'm losing it thinking about graphic designers being asked to design apologies, but keep it on brand. So they have like, she has all these photos of different brands and Dolls Kills is like, we fucked up. We should have been quicker plus louder. And then I was like really starting to get interested in Dolls Kill. Um, So I started going on their website and like looking at their clothes. It's basically like hot topic for like hoochies. Right. Which I'm a hoochie. So, you know, I was like, hmm, they got things over here that a hoochie would enjoy. Um, but obviously I can't purchase from them right now. So I was in this conversation more deeply. And why did we discover an email from someone who reached out to the company? I think it was actually Helen. Um, because she found a costume up on the website that was racist. And mm-hmm. she reached out to them. And wait, I have to read you guys this email because then I was like, who are these people? And I I, I don't know. I need more. Um, <laughs> so the email says, hey, doll, the last thing dolls kill would be or represent is racist. We love and value individuality and originality. Our company was created to represent all dolls of all flavors, colors, ideas, etc. We're here for the misfits, mislegits, and everything in between. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> It gets worse. Uh, I'm sorry if that costume offended you, but to call us racist is pretty ridiculous in all caps. Oh. We're brassy, sassy. Wait, wait. Here's it. Here it is. No. It gets cr- every sentence is crazier than the last. <laughs> We're brassy, sassy, stick it up yo assy kind of company. Not for the easily offended norm culture. So take a chill pill and get your panties out of a bunch because it ain't that serious, cutie, winky face. This is what? from a company. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's like every corny phrase in the space of four sentences the the that was that oh my god it's from when a was, company when was my that soul said? just left my body and jumped I out just, the window, so i can't really I can't say anything believe- right now uh, this email is september 24th 2014 no jeez uh, so, uh, so i don't know uh, if they're policy has changed but i was like can you imagine a world where a company emails you like this like hey ho <laughs> <it's us." laughs> oh so they're like a boutique store right in in la and they tweeted a picture that was like had a bunch of cops protecting their store and they were like yeah, yeah come and get it was, assholes yeah. uh and that yeah. was like how this kicked off and then everyone was like oh they're problematic as fuck they're the worst. Yeah. And they have an online store too, um, much like the Nasty Gal vibe, if you've ever heard of that boutique. But mm. I was just so fascinated. Like, all I want is more emails from Dolls Kill because I, I need to know if they're still emailing people like this. <gasps> so I was like searching to see like if anybody else had posted emails because I was like, 
ah, why? <laughs> <laughs> there is that was like attached to the tweet that had where I think like Helen was mentioning how even with yeah. the like apology emails, yeah, like there's still the graphic design is consistent, which you're like, that's so cringy of just right. Oh, like oh, someone's the graphic intern designer. had to be like. Yeah, the graphic design intern who was working on that is listening. Please forward the email thread because I can just like picture the like them being like, "Mm, actually, let's put fuck in there so that we yeah um, quicker plus louder, quicker plus louder. That's gonna haunt me. (laughs) What is uh? What's something you think is underrated? Um, I think underrated is plants and flowers in your home. Mm. Um, I didn't realize how nice it is to have another living thing in my home besides me. Um, <laughs> it's really done. I, I used to think like, for me, like a plant's like a baby. So I was like, I can't get pregnant with a plant yet. I'm not responsible mm-hmm. enough. The, the <laughs> plant baby will die. Um, and I'm not trying to experience that trauma. So I hadn't done it. But now that I've been in my house for so long, I was like, I should get some plants and some stuff in here. And it really has like kind of brightened my mood a bit. If that makes sense, like, do you guys have plants in your homes? Mm-hmm. I still don't trust myself. I have animals, but I don't trust myself with a plant. <laughs> I need to Jamie, unpack that. The animals that. alive. Well, I they're both alive. <laughs> the plants don't make noise when if you don't like... give them water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my fear. <laughs> Jamie, yeah. is that is is that the alert system your dog and cat are on right now? There's like we're <gasps> dehydrated. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm so not it... responsible enough to keep plants from dying but doesn't stop me from trying how is being a plant parent um it does make me feel better than people so thank you guys for not owning plants because now <laughs> i feel just the superiority of owning a plant um mm-hmm. some of us you know create nature others cannot um <laughs> true <laughs> you know like god created the heaven and the earth i created <laughs> one plant uh, <laughs> no but it's good it's still very early so you know Anything could happen. Don't ask me about this plant the next time that I come on this show, because I don't know if it's going to be never. a lot. Yeah. It sounds like a Tinder relationship now, too, where you're like, so far, so good, but you know, we'll yeah. see how it goes. <laughs> right. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? I overrated, and that's why I didn't want to say this, um, is the gym. Um, I haven't gone to a physical gym in months, and I thought that I was going to fall apart, but I've found uh, this new free gym called Outside, and you don't need a membership, and uh, there's lots of scenery, and I'm actually going on a hike later today in Mount Washington to get some different views, Damn. but oh, that's so nice. I've... I've really enjoyed physically being outside um, in a way that I never did before. I was just going to the gym. So I think I'm going to add outdoor workouts t- back to like my gym workouts when the gym opens up. Cause like it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's not other people sweating all over outside. Like whatever you touch outside is covered in someone's sweat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't have a, a smell to it. I mean, right. it does. I do like the sauna and I do like swimming, but so I'm gonna have my gym. But I mm. do think it's nice. It just feels more endorphin boosting when I'm outside because I feel like in LA we're yeah. in our cars or in buildings. We're not just like outside mm-hmm. as much without it being a planned event. Yeah, I, I've I thought I think I've gotten like physically 
healthier without I don't know I've like had a gym membership for a time but I was it was just more as a security blanket to know I could go at some point if I wanted to same yeah <laughs> but yeah I I'll, I'll be interested to see like what the protests effect on coronavirus rates is because it does seem like outdoor has been the thing, like the cure-all for the spread of the coronavirus. Like we're told that like it's much harder to spread it. And you're when you're outdoors, you're much less likely to be like standing next to the same person for a long time. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that uh well, I'm hoping for a number of reasons that the protests don't, you know, uh yeah. lead to a, mean, an uptick. Being out there. Most people are practicing social distancing as much as you can when you're in a crowd of 20,000 people. But right. everyone I saw pretty much had on a face mask and was yelling through the face mask. Because that's the issue is yeah. like the droplets and you are yelling a lot more at a protest. Mm-hmm. So, but what I, from what I saw, and I really wasn't interacting with a lot of strangers. It was a lot of backs of people's heads and like, so I'm hoping, hell, I'm hoping I don't got the Rona. Every day I wake up, I've been checking my throat and smelling and tasting as hard as I can. I'm like, do I got it? <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But I think going... that's why they're opening LA. I saw bars with lines um, no. a couple days ago. Bars with lines out the door. So it, everybody's out now. They were like protests. Yeah. All right, now the bar. That's all. Yeah, that's what I'm. Right. That's what I'm thinking is that seeing and the take protests. A shot if you believe like, in Black Lives. Right. I think seeing the protests made people be like, well, now I can go to. Uh, Applebee's because those people are next to each other, um, and that's probably not good policy. And I can also see uh, yeah. that leading yeah. to an uptick, and then people exactly being like, "See happening. the protests! The protests caused an uptick in coronavirus." When it's actually that everybody's going and getting drunk in the same sweaty room together. Yeah, and in places where there's like not great social distancing, and 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 states where masks aren't required anymore is like, uh, yeah, it feels like uh, people are gonna use this as an excuse. I just wish that people would still practice social distancing and maybe wear a mask if you're going out. Like, what's the harm? Like, I don't want people to just start coughing in the air and throwing they letting they droplets, you know, do the stanky leg just because we did some protests, like. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it, it is just like equating like the urgency of a Black Lives Matter protest and the urgency of you just wanting to go to a Chili's is there it's very different. It's like, you know, I don't know. Prioritize. Lacey, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Um, this is probably random, but uh <laughs> my myth is that Guy Fieri is a douchebag. Because um, Guy Fieri is a great guy, and he's donated millions of dollars to unemployed restaurant workers. He's openly spoken out about Black Lives Matter long before we reached this point with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. Um, he's he's out here for the people, and and all this time, you know, I feel like we've been kissing asses of other sh- problematic ass chefs because we thought that his shirts and spiky hair were ratchet. But he's actually a great guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I love him. (laughs) 100% agree. He's got a good heart. And he like, I don't know, he like walks the walk as well. Like he gives, he gives back. He doesn't just say stuff. Yeah. 
I mean, like, I can look out to, like, 2015 when he was out at protests in D.C. for Black Lives Matter. Like, he's been around and, like, he's donated so much money to worthy causes. Like, just Googling it, I was like, is he a saint? (laughs) (laughs) We should start making prayer candles with him. I bet they exist. Right. I want a Guy Fieri (laughs) prayer candle so Mm -hmm. badly. (laughs) But I just think we always look down on him. Yeah. Miles was talking on a recent episode about how his relationship to Guy Fieri really made him like he had almost a spiritual experience in reevaluating how he feels about Guy Fieri. He truly um, did. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Like celebrities just occupy brands and, you know, like Einstein is still the smart guy brand. Jordan is still the basketball brand. And like, I feel like Guy Fieri, like, And Larry the Cable Guy kind of got mixed up at some point, like in our national consciousness. And they're just like fully, fully different. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Because I think that Guy Fieri's aesthetic has long been co-opted by racists and by just kind of like the, you know, the white people that you really just disdain. Like that one uncle in the family that she's like, oh God, he's coming. And mm. you know he's going to be drunk off beers and doing all his blackie jokes. Uh, and we just thought that that was what Guy Fieri was doing because of how he dressed and how he talked and the food he cooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were wrong. So We weren't listening. Yeah. No. And there's so many people getting canceled right now, quote unquote. So it's nice to like lift somebody up and and, and not all be so bad. And I, hopefully Guy doesn't go back, but he seems to have been doing the right thing for many years now. So I'm not worried about having to walk this back. <laughs> somebody uh, somebody tweeted a picture of his hands and just a, yet another lovable thing is he has a plump little baby hands. Uh, oh. Not little. They're not oh. the size of a baby. They're like... Uh, grown up sized hands that are in the shape of a plump little baby hand. Um, oh, I bet they're really soft. adorable. I know. They've got to be so soft. Nice. Uh, I love that oh. that's Jack's contribution. He's like, and he also has plump baby hands. <laughs> Jack's like, okay, that next topic. Great. <laughs> it's um, great. He's great. All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And so just on the subject, uh, continuing on the subject from yesterday's episode of in- inadequate police reforms, it, it's tough because like these are these would all be uh, steps in the right direction. But it's also we we've had steps in the right direction that have just given way to like the inherent white supremacy of almost every police force uh, in the country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the police force, is a, their origination is the slave patrol. And so I think a lot of people are confused when they think that white supremacists have infiltrated the police. They were created for white supremacy, and they're right. doing their job excellently. Um, I think a lot of black people are, uh, we're no longer at the point where we want reform like eight can wait, because uh, 72% sounds cute, but who trying to be in that 28 not right. me. 
I don't want to be 28% murdered. Um, Mm. I'm I'm good. I want 100% reform. And so these gestures are absolutely headed in the right direction. And I appreciate that we're creating a dialogue that is about reform. But I mean, defunding the police is the start to this reform. We've tried. We've, we we gave them more money and resources, and they was just beating our asses with it. I can't believe I got to pay taxes to get murdered. I got to right. pay the police to harass right. me. Yeah. So I've, I've heard Aiken Wait and a lot of black activists and um, leaders in the coalition, you know, we, we don't approve. Not that I'm the leader of this, but uh, the, the overwhelming majority of the feedback from these uh, propositions has been, no, girl. We want it more. We want it all. We we we're not coming back to fight uh, next week. Like we tired. Yeah. So after we discussed it yesterday, I had a, a few people in my menchies, Um and and I guess yeah, I, I think that I jumped on the show very quickly yesterday, and so I gave a very broad explanation of what a can't wait is. I understand that a can't wait says that the ultimate goal is to abolish the police, but that has nothing to do with the reforms that they're suggesting. These reforms have been tried in various ways in various places so many times. They're expensive, and we know that they don't work. And I just wanted to pull like a quick quote from the 8 to Abolition website um, mm-hmm. that explains way clearer than I possibly could um, why they do not approve of the A Can't Wait campaign. Um, So they say uh, Campaign Zero released its eight can't wait campaign offering a set of eight reforms that they claim would reduce police killing by 72 percent, which we know Um, as police and prison abolitionists. We believe that this campaign is dangerous and irresponsible, offering a slate of reforms that have already been tried and failed that mislead a public newly invigorated to the possibilities of police and prison abolition and that do not reflect the needs of criminalized communities. So that states it better than I ever in my life could. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the the criticism of Eight Can't Wait, like no matter where it's coming from of like a place of wanting to change this the system, it's just not enough. And we appreciate that everyone is really invigorated to in, uh, to start with policy. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been kicking, not kicking around, but it actually is a policy that we're trying to get passed is Brianna's Law. Uh, still in the U.S., 48 states have no-knock warrants, which basically means they can come into, they come into your house without knocking whenever they want, as long as they have a warrant from a judge. So that's something that we're trying to get rid of. Um, but I do appreciate that people are really trying to enact policy, but yeah, we, we just, we've been here so many times that I think this time around, we're really hoping that it's not going to be the same loop of violence, the same uptick of support, and then the same forgetting of these situations that always happens a few weeks after. Yeah. A lot of the suggested, um, reforms seem like their effect is to make you shocked that those things aren't in place, like that licensing is not a requirement for police, even though it's a requirement for doctors and hairdressers and like literally mm-hmm. everything that could impact your life in any in any way. And a story that uh, was on CNN actually about Camden, New Jersey which abolished their police years ago. And it was after very similar complaints to what's going on in Minneapolis. And they've had a lot of success. Um, It hasn't been perfect, but they've seen the violent crime in the city cut in half. uh, Whereas a lot of the people who are so shocked about the idea of abolishing the police are, 
are amazed that like people they just assume that because humans are cruel or their version of humanity is cruel uh that it's just going to be a complete you know free for all of people killing and robbing each other and actually when they abolished their police and you know reformed it in a new way that was from the ground up they saw violent crime cut in half and the reforms are all things like police abolitionists are talking about like having better representation and yeah it was yeah. it's just an an interesting story that if if you are one of the people who's like police abolition is a non-starter you should at least realize that your version of what would happen if the police were abolished in your town you know you need you need to learn more because that clearly isn't what happened in one of the places that actually did it yeah, it's like, yeah. An, and not for nothing, it's not a non-starter because it's starting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And if you Google it, it's not as scary as it seems. It doesn't mean that there mm-hmm. won't be people to come that you can call to help you. A lot of it is about unarming people who should not have guns in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't need guns to do a wellness check. We've seen so many wellness checks go from the person actually was fine when we got here, but then we killed them. So, you know what I mean? There's a certain areas of policing that need to be more specialized and have people who actually have the skills to help. Uh, one of those is domestic violence cases. Like, what? You know, those police aren't helping people who are victims of domestic violence. So not proportionately, if you look at the numbers um, and if you look at the numbers within the force, woo, that 20 to 40 percent jumps out at you. Um, So it's just like there's still going to be people to protect and help you, but there's going to be care instead of, you know, what we're getting right now, which is just aggressive police who are terrified apparently they're not always terrified we've seen those videos they are killing people on purpose um so yeah google it it's not it's not as crazy as it sounds it doesn't mean that there's just going to be robbers and cops breaking into your home because there's no popo to stop them yeah it's not an anarchist like platform it's organized there are like and I and I also understand like what we were talking about a little bit yesterday like everyone is on a pretty steep like most people are on a pretty steep learning curve with this stuff I know I am as well and it's like you know 2 weeks ago could I speak to police abolition at length no I couldn't I knew that it was something that I like I liked the concept of but I couldn't you know speak to it in detail and so it's like yeah just you know learn about places that have already um, put things in place, learn about police reform uh, and how it has not actually served as much and usually just stands to waste a ton of taxpayers' money. Like there's, you know, yeah, we're all learning shit. Police abolition is not as extreme as it sounds and the current version of police is way, way more extreme than we give it credit for and then our mainstream media gives it credit for. Right. And we're seeing it. It's weird to mm. see mainstream media lie to you while you're watching a video, like on voiceover. Uh, like yeah. we all saw in Buffalo where the police officers attacked that 75 year old man. But I listened to voiceover from the news that was like, he has he fallen to the ground. And I was like, hey, we saw him. We saw him. We saw him. Put, what? Fallen <laughs> like, to what? the ground. <laughs> Yeah, like the I cops saw... <laughs> running over people is not something that we should all want yeah, to those accept. Those people were run right. over by a car, not, not uh, <laughs> attacked by uh, 
you know, murderous police officer. That's yeah. that's the thing we're seeing a lot more of that I would think would be sort of a an alarming trend is white supremacist police and just loose white supremacists, unaffiliated white supremacists, uh, driving their cars into into crowds of protesters. But it seems like the mainstream media that doesn't that kind of goes against the grain of of what their typical areas of interest are. It does seem like the Buffalo video was a turning point. The you know people were like that doesn't seem right, and also uh, old white people were like that guy looks like me, and they just pushed right. him down. What the hey? Yeah. And so it does seem <laughs> like we're starting to see <laughs> a deluge moly. of of all these police videos and videos of police violence that have just been like. I don't know. They've just not been showing people. Uh, we've we've just only seen like I've seen a lot of them on social media for weeks, but like now I feel like they're breaking over into the mainstream. Again, it's like shocking that we were in a version of reality where that was seen as normal, like what we're seeing in these videos. But at the same time, I'm glad that people are starting to see them at least, and that the media yeah. is starting to to show them. Although at the same time, the media, like the local news is no longer covering the marches during daytime TV. They're not preempting local programming. So, you know, now that there's not, you know, looting to show, footage of looting, I feel like, you know, even though the weekend was the biggest protest yet, they, they didn't cut in. It was, all, it was only on CNN. It wasn't the local news covering it like during the day. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because we've seen how Donald Trump has really attacked mainstream media for their reporting on his behavior. But the bottom line is, is that truly mainstream media has uh, almost started to serve a purpose of protecting the state and protecting, you know, the the norms, the societal norms that we've had that have not been okay. Um, and it's very disheartening and disappointing because the news is what is informing most of our voter population. And it's mm -hmm. the reason Twitter's always shocked when someone that we never thought would get elected gets elected. It's because there's a silent majority who they get their news from these people who are being so deeply irresponsible. Um, and our politicians are afraid of the police. de Blasio got on television and told people that he thought it was fine that the police ran over his citizens. Yeah. <laughs> he said it. He said it. In L.A., our own police chief got on the news and blamed us for killing George Floyd. Yeah. yeah. Um, so th there's a real disconnect with these people, and it comes from the money, guys. We, we can't change policy with people who are afraid of the police. The police mm -hmm. have been threatening him. They've been threatening. They doxed his daughter in, in New York, Mayor de Blasio's daughter. Like, Eric Garcetti out here in L.A. is very afraid of them as well. Like, uh, we cannot uh. change people who are thugs and bullies we have to take their money away it's the only way right and and i would also recommend if uh especially for the bigger cities just look at how the police budget dwarfs any social service that is being given there are some horrifying graphics in la it's over 50 yeah. percent of the city's budget but it but it, from city to city it's just it's billions of dollars being invested to you know, accomplish what exactly? Nothing. Um, yeah. And our homeless could be off the street. 
You could actually yes. walk down the street and not be super depressed to see people without homes and without care. You know, there's so many social programs and services that we're neglecting. And like I've been seeing this a lot everywhere, but people are like, it's scary to think about defunding the police, but we've been defunding healthcare and education uh, since the beginning of this country. Right. <laughs> and those are things that you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't need cops. Do you wake up every day and need cops? No, maybe one day, someday. Uh, as a black, I-, I try not to call them. <laughs> if I was getting robbed right now, I wouldn't call the police. I'd be like, look, here are my things. Let's just hash this out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, good day, sir. It turns into just a meeting. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Stay up. Yeah, use those cards in the next three hours because I am going to turn them off. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs> It's interesting. I mean, even on a local level of news reporting, because I know that most of the stories that we personally come into contact with are how the gigantic city protests are going and what the reality is of being at a protest that becomes uh, people being, you know, like tear gassed and just driven at, at the hands of the police versus how the news spins it. Um, but even on a local level, I was there was a protest in my hometown last week, and my aunt and uncle went to the beginning, and then they left. And later in the night, it like the the Brockton, Massachusetts police force just let loose on people before their curfew had even started. There was tear gassing; people were hurt, and all you saw on the news the next morning and how a lot of my family who were not there interpreted it was, well, things just got wild and people started looting. When, you know, if you look at the accounts of people who were there, there is a clearly marked, and it's mostly on Twitter and it's mostly via live stream, but there's a clear, like, in, in like, small local places, it it's the same everywhere. And it's, all you see is, well, look at, they smashed a Dunkin' Donuts. And you're like, that is not the point. And that neglects so much of what yeah. happened. It ignores the like the precedent for looting in the first place. And it also just ignores everything between a peaceful protest and things arriving at that place. Like I, that you don't get there and avoid. Like the police and I don't know. It's it's been bizarre to talk to my family about you know, it's like there's people like people I went to high school with were there. They were tear gas. Like, how do you account for that in the news that you see? And it's just, you know, it goes down to a very local level of like how how stories are covered. Yeah, And Americans, we've gotten used to everybody lying to us. I mean, our president mm-hmm. just just lies. Like it's it's gotten to the point where it's not even outrageous anymore. We're like, oh, yeah, he lied about that anyways. Um, and it's weird to see everybody at every level doing it. The police have been lying as much as they possibly can. Uh, the mayor in Seattle lied and said that they were no longer going to tear gas their citizens. But it turned out that they had just run out of tear gas. And as soon as they re up, yeah. they started tear gassing people again. The next so I was night. like, you just. <laughs> So you just made this statement as a flex because you were literally out of tear gas? <laughs> they were like, no, we care about people. We're no longer going to gas y'all because we love y'all. Seattle, be up. Then the next day, they were like, oh, we got some more? Okay, get it out there. Spray them all. <laughs> like, we take it back. We take it back. We take it back. It's so, and and even, and, and I think that there's also like, I mean, we've been seeing so many journalists are getting intentionally harmed by police and it's journalists who are trying to be on the ground and report the story accurately uh, that are 
losing, literally losing eyes and like, you know, go to Robert Evans coverage in Portland. Like journalists who are trying to cover the story on the ground accurately are being intentionally targeted. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get a sense of how the police feel about just the general state of affairs right now, uh, the, the NYPD union leader had a press conference and it was just like he was so uh, bitter and resentful and petulant, and it just felt like you were watching a a child have a have a meltdown. Mm-hmm. But I I think that's a very you know police are very defensive uh, and you know very good at closing lines around uh, one another, and I, I think that's yeah you're you're that that's going to be something that has to be reckoned with as as this progresses. All right, let's take another quick break and we'll be back to uh talk about Trump's latest lie. And we're back. We we keep talking about this video of a, a Buffalo two Buffalo police officers pushing a 75-year-old guy uh, to the ground, uh, he falls back, hits his head, starts bleeding out of his ear, uh, and is motionless and is still in critical condition uh, as sort of a turning point in the way the media was just like, well, that's no no way, no how. Uh, and uh, Trump has come out and put himself firmly on the side of uh, the, the cops in that situation. Uh, he's claiming that the old guy was... Uh, an agitator for Antifa is what his statement was, which uh, Jamie, you were pointing out, there are like these memes of, of like, this is the leader of Antifa and like it being a squirrel or something like that. Like, yeah, do we think Trump saw that? (laughs) Do we think Trump saw one of those and was like, (laughs) he was seriously, who knows? I mean, didn't he, am I like, he like retweeted something about insecure the other night. There's no way to predict what he sees on the internet and what he does not see on the internet. What did he tweet about insecure? There was <laughs> if Trump I, is watching insecure on HBO. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's I I saw it. He's like on, Molly is not a good friend. Make Molly great again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find it. But all that to say, okay, yeah, it was on Franklin Leonard's feed. He retweeted. Uh, like a live tweet from this week's episode of Insecure. Like, who can say? I'll I'll source the tweet and but it this happened on Sunday night. You know now now he's saying that the old man that we saw assaulted is the is a member of Antifa. Like an Antifa provocateur. Mm-hmm. Which is just again That's- playing into like the joke of that meme is like the whole point of Antifa is there's not a leader like it's you know right but a lot of people don't know that I guess I don't know but I wait mean, the fact that Antifa is now uh, considered a terrorist organization as well as Black identity extremists but not the KKK because you know they're chill right. um, <laughs> they're super chill. <laughs> Some very Anna, good people. Anna just um, put in the chat. I got all my lingerie from Antifa provocateur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Antifa 
a provocateur. Yes. <laughs> Someone please make that store. Yes, I want to see that storefront. <laughs> But uh, it it does seem like um, just kind of checking in with where he is, uh, you know, we're months out from the 2020 presidential election. Uh, In addition to that, he's just been kind of in this uh, spiral, uh, like last Friday's job report, uh, which may be erroneous, but it was uh, at least more positive than people were expecting. He claimed it was a great day for George Floyd um, and that he's probably smiling down on the great jobs report. I don't know. He's just behaving like a guy who really needs a, a win and is acting erratically. Uh, and the more desperate he gets, the more erratically he behaves. It's so bizarre to use a, a man's death to try to further your political career in this angle. Like, yeah. uh, like it's totally understandable the, pol- the politicians will be out here like, oh, what I saw with George Floyd, like my heart, all of our hearts, all you know, all that bullshit stump rhetoric that they have. But it's weird to just be like, George Floyd's looking down at our unemployment numbers and, and, he's, and he's smiling. And like, what? And you're like, <laughs> how are you adding those two together? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> George Floyd loves what we're doing with the COVID testing centers. He's, he he definitely does. What what <laughs> what? <laughs> that's not how you use this. You should use it, but that's definitely this is not the method. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of bullies, I don't think he's comfortable when he's, you know, down when he doesn't have the momentum and doesn't have a screen a chanting crowd at his back. I I also wonder like. I think the 2016 campaign really empowered a lot of racist white people to stand up and voice their opinions more loudly. Um, And I think George Floyd's murder and, you know, the subsequent protests and the subsequent more police violence might be empowering not racist people to be louder and more chest out about what they believe. I'm hoping that that's what we're seeing. So I would attest to that. I do think that I've seen a lot of people who um, in the past really only seem to like, you know, maybe do some kind of performative gesture or, you know, black or whatever, um, kind of come out and be more vocal online and to their own followings and to their own fans, like people who say that they're apolitical, because I think we're really challenging people to see that, like, if you're looking away, you're supportive. And right. that's just what it is. Like, you can't say, I don't like politics when politics are killing black people. If you don't vote, you're killing black people. If you look away, you're killing black people. And if you do nothing, you're killing black people. And if you don't talk to any of your white friends about this stuff, you're killing black people. Stop DMing your black friends like, I'm so sorry about racism, girl. Right. Anyways, this is what I'm doing to work on it. Why don't you talk to your white friends about that? Apologize to them about racism. And y'all work together because we tired. <laughs> like, we're going to continue to work, but I can't also do the emotional labor of well-meaning white people. Like, that's unfair to ask me to do all of that. And certainly that's happening a lot more right now. But I'm also seeing white people talking to other white people and also being like, hey, don't hit up your black friends about this. Hit us up. We got yeah. We just learned some stuff. Uh, like I said on Twitter, like, white people, you don't hit your black friends up when you want to make focaccia bread for recipes. You Google it. <laughs> so Google how to fix racism. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Dwayne Perkins had a great tweet about that yesterday. 
where it was, uh, he said, uh, yo, you wouldn't believe what just happened to me. I was scrolling through Twitter and saw a tweet referring to something I didn't know. And instead of replying, explain this to me, I just Googled it. And now I know what it is. Like, fuck, what a rush. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah. That's we can crazy. all just bing it and have conversations. People who uh, say their opinion on a podcast that they haven't listened to yet and they accuse you of not having made the point that they have to make about the subject are uh, also a favorite of mine. Um, <laughs> Look, I haven't listened to this yet, but I have <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, I think you guys are missing this. And it's like, no, that's, I think the first thing we talked about. One, one of the <laughs> first things. Um, I anyways. think people just want to flex, but I hope that this is the last thing I want to say about this is I hope that people start getting more comfortable with being wrong and uh, with being yes. uninformed and then not being comfortable uninformed, but then seeking out knowledge. Because um, I feel like our culture has just touted being correct and dunking on people. That's a very big Twitter culture as well. And it makes us feel bad when, when we, we've been doing things, quote unquote, the wrong way. But I think it should make us feel excited that we're getting new information and that we're making changes. And I think that's the way to receive this. You know, mm -hmm. if anybody calls you out about something, it's I've never been more people don't understand how defensiveness comes off like no one ever respects you more for being defensive. Right. I have never had a hard on more for a human being than when I see them go. Oh, I see what you're saying. And I didn't have these tools. And now I'm studying these things. And I'm yeah, I can definitely work on this and change this versus coming out and being like, well, look, we never shot any black people ourselves. Yeah. Where's this onslaught coming from? <laughs> yeah. And even if you do come out that way in the first place, there's still, you can still change. Even if you're defensive at first, you can still be like, okay, you're right. I fucked up. That was my original uh, knee jerk reaction. But you sound like dolls kill, Jack. I fucked up. <laughs> We what were too it? slow. We should have been quicker. We should have been. We should have been, yeah, faster plus louder. Yeah. <laughs> the plus is crucial because it's on branding. You know that, that there was a design note that went out about the no. plus. Faster plus louder equals should have been us. Like. <laughs> Real quick. We are seeing a COVID bounce back in states that opened and... You know, that doesn't seem to be stopping states from further opening like we talked about. Uh, people, you know, there being lines outside of bars. Mm -hmm. California is opening movie theaters on June 12th, even though there are no movies to see. Uh, unless Tenet! You... I'm just, I'm just going to go sit in there. <laughs> just yeah. for the air conditioning. I wonder, I mean, I am very curious if people will, like, Will people go to a movie theater? Movies? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a great question because I miss movies. Movie theaters have taken such a hit from just like, I remember after the movie theater shooting, I was like, I don't know if I yeah. can really be going in here no more. And now COVID, it's like a dark room. Sometimes it's moist. I, <laughs> I don't you know don't know that. what you are sitting on. Like, well, you don't know yeah. what you're sitting on. The two things that they say, like they that seem to be things that they've learned about how it spreads that I didn't know when we were first like thinking and talking about this is 
being indoors seems to be worse than being outdoors because mm-hmm. the air is like stale and everyone's using breathing in the same air and being around people for a long period of time as opposed to just like passing them on the street is a significant factor and like movie theaters have both of those things we talked about that a bit ago cuz i think it was like miles who said like our job is the most high risk job for spreading COVID because we just sit in a room for an hour and a half and talk close to yeah. each other. Like, no, it, we'll yeah. never see each other again in person. That's yeah, no, <laughs> never. I've happening. accepted it. I've accepted yeah. it. Yeah, you'll always yeah. have to wait for my lagging audio. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we'll yeah, but J- Jack, that's a great point. That sitting in a movie is probably just like COVID incubator. Two hours of breathing with the same people in the dark. And depending on if it's a big theater or not, those not every theater is large. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, the detailed uh, contact mm. tracing they've done is definitely worth looking at. Like they did a very detailed case study of a, a restaurant where it was spread and it had to do with uh. like the people who were on the side that the air conditioner was blowing towards were the ones who got it. Um, and, you know, they were there for a couple hours and wow. it just got spread to that entire side of the restaurant. But like another side was not did not get sick. Um, there was they've they've done it on a plane that they did contact tracing on a plane where like certain people in certain seats specifically got it. So it's it's worth what looking at that those? stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it was know. it was mainly no the people feet. around the the patient zero, the spreader. But it's right. the, the, the closer you are to the, uh, I, I think, and then there are like random people who I'm guessing like got up to go to the bathroom or something and like touched the wrong thing. But that stuff is, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know it's, that. yeah, North Carolina, uh, more people were hospitalized with COVID-19 on Monday than any other day during the pandemic. Vermont saw a spike in infections. And worryingly for me and children getting infected, uh, which has always been, I think a lot of parents are just like really nervously watching uh, that because that's something I've heard from the start is a possibility of like the disease, the virus mutating to being uh, more something that targets children. Because it's really, it's really like almost random. Like I, I think I... I think it's easy to be like, well, the older people are the ones who get targeted uh, because they're, you know, older and have more health problems. But like the 1918 flu, like killed people our age and like only people our age. Like it just took out young adults for some reason. So it, there is just like random um, aspects of the disease that will cause it to like change direction in, in really scary ways. So, yeah, I don't know. And then very worrying for people who are protesting is that the National Guard that was deployed to the protests have tested positive uh, who were at the protests in Washington, D.C. So, And not to mention that, like, the use of tear gas and the use of a respiratory, like, that you can't... (laughs) It is just shocking, like, how the police force has managed to exacerbate everything wrong uh, yeah. in, in the past. And they past. don't get that this is their fault. 
They don't yeah. care that this is totally their fault. Their response, they could have arrested, they've arrested thousands of people when we really just needed seven people. Right. We needed the Breonna Taylor's three killers who are still walking free. Still and we arrested. needed all of George Floyd's. And they were like, no, we'll arrest thousands of people and expose everybody to COVID so that we can protect seven people. Yep. It's- the, <laughs> the Louisville Police Department needs to be the next one. The Louisville City Council, however it works, that needs to go. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the only other thing, I mean, I would just say, like, at this time, like, people, we, if, if, unless you're going to a protest and, like, you know, lending yourself to a life and death matter, like, try to, like, stick to the rules that we were given before because it's not as under control as I think people are assuming. Or if you got to go, if you just got to go get some food and be out, wear a damn mask. Yes. Yeah. And don't stay there for hours at a time because all you're doing is letting yourself cook. <laughs> like you're, mm-hmm. you're just up in the chance that you're going to get it. Yeah. I had a homegirl uh, who had a commercial audition, that, or not audition, but a commercial that they were shooting for Apple. And they shot during COVID. And had like a 10-person skeleton crew, and they rented a house at Airbnb. And why did one of the people on the crew have corona? Wow. (laughs) No. So then exposed all these people, then they all had to go into incubation. So it's like, guys, if you're going to cheat, cheat smart. At least all get tests before you do something that the government told you not to. Yeah. yeah, I mean that—that's the. It's like if you are going out regularly and you are in an area where testing is accessible, like it's a pain in the ass. The lines suck. The government's making it harder for you to get tested than it should. But if you can't, if you have access to testing, just go. Like just it. I don't know. I have I haven't received even from like I haven't received any pushback for being like, hey, I need to just like not be here for two hours today because I have to go sit in a fucking line at Dodger Stadium until I want to melt into a puddle. But it's like it's worth it because then, you know, like now I know when I go out protesting that I'm not putting people at risk. Like if you can get tested, just just do it. uh, Jaquise. Uh, also tipped me off to the fact that they're doing uh, free testing at a lot of CVSs too. If if your city is being a pain in the ass about it, uh, there there are other options out there. The only other thing is that the I didn't realize how much the markets had continued to rebound since the initial like sharp downturn. But on Monday, the markets went up so much that they're in the positive for the year 2020. Um, which wow. seems I don't know that that can't be a good thing when the markets just don't reflect anything about reality in any way. So I don't know, like the the fact that we're where we are and the markets haven't even like registered the how fucked things are, and that's probably coming is is also something to just I think that I'm just keeping in the back of my mind. Yeah, because, I mean, property damage and financial loss is the only thing that the majority of this country understand or respond to. Um, I've never seen people more emotional about a Target. Um, (laughs) You would would think Target was their dad. 
Uh, <laughs> now we just beat they sweet old daddy to a pulp. So it's 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 definitely disturbing when we see that. It's not like I want financial ruin for this country, but I just want incentive for people to be humane. And unfortunately, that's not humanity. That's money and capitalism. Because mm -hmm. uh, that's all people care about. The large majority of this country, we've been indoctrinated and conditioned to think that we are all just a cog in the wheel and a number. Um, which is sad. Yeah. So, yeah, that's worrisome for sure. They're like, well, the billionaires are doing great. Better than ever before. <laughs> right. Well, Lacey, it has been such a pleasure having you back on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people yeah. uh, find you and follow you? Uh, as always, guys, you can find me at D-I-V-A-L-A-C-I, Diva Lacey on all platforms. I have a podcast called Scam Goddess. If you want to listen to that, it's on all platforms as well. And a tweet that I've been enjoying, which is completely off of all of these subjects, but um, hit me up if you want to turn $175 into $2,500. It's not a scam. We sell in crack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was like, wow, like I said, that truly is not a scam. Uh, and that comes from Cam Call, uh, C-O-L-L-L, -L -L, uh, Cam Exotic. Shout out to you, because that was hilarious. <laughs> That's wild ride. Uh, Jamie, where can people find you, and what's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. I wanted to say I couldn't remember the name of the teacher funding platform yesterday, and a listener reminded me it's called Donors Choose. Um, so that's uh, if you're, I mean, there's more urgent places to donate, but that's where teachers have been um, fundraising for their own classrooms because they're not uh, funded well enough. So that's the website. Uh, tweet that I will do is from at Hannah underscore unlost. And it says, I joined Twitter because of One Direction and now I want to defund and abolish the police. That's <laughs> 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 great. What a ride. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a ride. <laughs> so I, I would be interested in just following following their tweets like over the course of years as that ev evolution happened <laughs> the hill tweeted uh press secretary kaylee mcenany uh a quote from her mitt romney can say three words outside on pennsylvania avenue but i would note this that president trump won eight percent of the black vote <laughs> and maya harris tweeted she knows it's out of a hundred right <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Lauren Elizabeth tweeted, uh, a clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings and it's still not as sensitive as a man with a sports avi, 17 followers, and an American flag in their avatar. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Uh, super producer Anna Hosnier, uh, taking care of the song Rex again, uh, is recommending the song I Love My Body by Maya Rudolph, uh, featuring Chrissy Guerrero, Jesse Klein, Chelsea Peretti, Jenny Slate, and Mark Rivers. 
from the Big Mouth soundtrack, uh, and it is apparently a goddamn jam. And so that's what we're going to ride out on. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. I love my body. I love it all. Every wrinkle, pimple, dimple, big or small. My booty is a beauty. My boobs are worth the thought. My love handles my bad wings. I love every single part. Cellulite and knobbies, itty bitties and double D's. Skinny legs and front of thighs. Areolas of every shape and size.